0: One, two, one, two, three, yeah, in slum, national, underground, thunder pounds when I stomp the ground, like a million silverback orangutan, you can't stop a train. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Autopod Decepticast. This is uh, the podcast where we like to break things down. One thing down, the movie, Transformers the Movie from 1986. If this is your first time listening to this episode or listening to this show, why now? (laughs) You need to put, pause, way back to episode one, because why would you join now at this point? Just start in and go, unless you hate all the parts of the movie that... It is interesting in in that this is a very linear podcast. (laughs) It's true, but... So, first-time listeners, stop, go back. (laughs) Long-time listeners, hey, how you doing? Glad you're back. It's episode 35. We're covering Minute 34 to the 35-minute mark. My name is Aaron, and I'm here with my... My freshly roasted friends <laughs> from infancy. Ooh, I'm still feeling a little
1: toasty burn. And I'm Ryan. <laughs> I'm Caleb. And that was a blast. That, <laughs> that roast was really was so much fun.
0: So we're fresh off Ryan's birthday roast, at least uh, sort of. I mean, it's two weeks after, and mm-hmm. we're still talking about it. Yeah. It's still the talk of town. Yes. Uh, roast the roast,
2: the, the talk, the talk of town. The talk
0: of Tonka town. You know, like the truck. You know, for kids. So we celebrated the life of a man we've known, (laughs) friends over 30 years. Mm -hmm. That means among us, we have 90 years of friendship. That's right.
1: God, let's end it. (laughs) It's time (laughs) time for the in this friendship. What
0: transformer would you have as your best friend?
1: Whoa, I know Caleb's answer would be wheelie. No way, Jose.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, I'd say a, a cool friend to hang out with.
1: Uh, well, it, the, the junkions, for sure. Oh, I. They're party God, animals. I don't know. They would get old. I think quick. I think I'd go beachcomber. He's real oh. mellow, laid back. We can just hang out. I don't know. <laughs> he likes to <laughs> smoke, the, smoke he, that drow. He yeah, does I, like <laughs> <laughs> nature an awful lot, though. Yeah, that's what uh, I go camping all the time. Yeah. That booklet
2: yeah. I have, that uh, tr- that old Transformers uh, children's book. It's mm-hmm. beachcomber hanging down by the the pond, like just like staring into his reflection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought the obvious answers for all
0: of us were going to be jazz and blaster. Well,
3: but you're maybe. wrong. The
0: hangout, talk about music. But the problem with those guys are they're so much cooler than me that I don't always, like when we'd go to clubs. I'd always just be it'd be jazz blaster and that other guy. It's and like so you, it's like you, outshine me.
1: You don't want to be the um, ugly girl in the group of uh, everybody else is hotter.
0: Right? Exactly. I would just be I don't know a wingman for those guys. So I would say maybe Omega Supreme, he's big, he's loyal, he doesn't want the limelight, he will, but he'll bust some fools up for you if you need him to. And you can go to space. Yeah, you can go to
2: space. Secondarily, I'd say Cup, because there's nothing...
1: Hanging out with cool old men. Listening to his fucking stories. Yeah, it's
2: like going and getting drunk at the VFW on a Tell Saturday Tell us about meetings.
1: the
0: Petro-Rabbits. <laughs> yeah. So, um, where from our last episode, we were at the Decepticon Hall of Heroes... And uh, during his coronation, Starscream was dispatched swiftly, coldly, and assuredly. And do you realize in the course of this movie, we went from Starscream wielding Megatron and killing a bunch of Autobots to him literally being on the other end of that barrel? Oh, how quickly the tide turns. It's, it's what was it, like a day? <laughs> <laughs> I think one day in movie time, yes. Uh, but Galvatron takes control of the Decepticons. The minute ends with Unicron approaching. Cybertron's moons, what the
1: fuck is going on here? Waste to yeah, no Yeah, and we right away, like right <laughs> up top, 3402, get a, another bite at the Unicron rushing past Apple. Oh, and yeah. it is awesome. You like, think that's
0: the same animation from earlier in the movie? I think
1: probably because it's so detailed. Like, yeah. that's why it looks so good for it's like great. maybe a second on the movie. It's so much work went into that. Yeah.
2: Right. It's really
0: awesome. I love the, the, like, we're on the equator. It's kind Mm -hmm. of the, it's sort of the trench run of this situation. That's right. And, uh, yeah, the spikes, I just, even, like, the spikes that are sticking out are so detailed. They look awesome. So, 3410, not, excuse me, 3401 to 3409. Uh, from Moonbase 1, we see Jazz and Cliff Jumper
2: reacting where did to Where'd that come from? Yeah. Where, do you mean where did it come from? It's massive. Like, yeah, right. it's that, uh, seven times the size of the moon. I'm sorry. Right. I mean, yeah, I know we're gonna go into this, but uh, there's... I have <gasps> to do it now. Things. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't think the Moonbase probably has <clears throat> the best detection systems. <clears throat> Yeah, the, what
1: is the be- like the radar is real bad? <laughs> um, and Unicron ev- <clears throat> sneaks up on everything, <laughs> like, he is real sly
0: yeah. and sw- stealthy. Do you think that it's is the maybe it's not that the radar think about this? I think I just solved this entire movie, okay. It's not that the radar's bad, it's that jazz and cliff jumper are bad. They're incompetent. So so think about it. Sure. It's mm. their fault the events of, the events of this movie are set in motion. They couldn't even detect Laserbeak flying in. If they could have detected Laserbeak, took him out, they're like Let's, they're like literally they said, No Decepticon shenanigans around here. <laughs> right.
2: No, I will have to I will have to agree with you because <clears throat> the, the yeah. There was... Or
1: maybe Unicron has some cloaking technology. No. Yeah,
2: but I I'd, I'd say that that they're just completely incompetent. Laserbeak came in and spied <laughs> on them, and now obviously everybody's yeah. dead. All their friends are dead. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's over. Yeah. They have screwed up. cliff jumper. what's up? No, nope, di- nothing. No depth no, de- no, what is it? <laughs> no <laughs> no he shenanigans no, around? No, he here. doesn't
1: say that. He asks Moonbase two if there are Decepticon shenanigans in your area. Oh, definitely. but he I think he does say no no Decept- Maybe, not, like, no Decepticons here, Prime.
2: So you're what like. you're saying is, did Prime ask Jazz if there's any problems with Moonbase 1, and Jazz just quickly deflects it to talking about <laughs> Moonbase 2? <two? laughs>
1: like, I think it's cool, I don't know.
3: Hey, Spike Bumblebee. Yeah, <laughs> any problems over there?
2: No. Well, they... I
0: I really think it's Jazz's fault. I hate to say it because I want to be his best friend. They were smoking, (laughs) they were looking at robo pornos. I don't know what they're doing, they were just not paying attention. That's exactly what I was thinking, actually. Uh, so, okay, we've, we've got this shot, an awesome shot mm-hmm. of Unicron approaching the moon base at around 3409. Proportionately, as we were saying, Moon Base 1 is basically the size of a quarter pounder with cheese. And mm-hmm. to our French listeners, <laughs> oh, we <do. laughs> there we go. Uh, the, um, so, Cliff Jumper and Jazz stare at the monitor, and I love that shot, actually. The lights come out of Unicron's mouth, and it kind of envelops these two guys, and they are sort of paralyzed there, they should have started running a lot sooner. Yeah, well, it's
1: it's kind of just a, like, uh, a parallel of whenever he attacks Lethone, how it shows the, basically the same kind of thing. As, as but at least
2: they know what, at least the Lithonians know what it is. <laughs> true. Inexplicably. <laughs> yeah. And they're paying attention a little bit better to their radar, but... Yeah, but they're also very busy, like, Playing with their potions. (laughs) These guys don't seem to be doing anything at all. Other than looks like they were just hanging out talking about.
0: I I have a hard time understanding what their job is on the moon base. Like two guys, all any like. Send
1: five Decepticons from Cybertron over there. Boom! It's Decepticon moonbase now. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is and this is the moonbase where the munitions factory, where the t- was being overseen by the Dinobots, is. And they're so. gone. Yeah. So they're the only ones left on this moon base. Uh, we know all the Decepticons
0: are on Cybertron because mm-hmm. of the coronation ceremony. So these it's- guys are fucked. I'd yeah. be
2: getting the fuck out of there. So, which is, so that's what they're getting ready to do, right? Mm-hmm. They're reacting. So
0: exactly, yeah. Unicorn, unicorns, unicorn, horns <laughs> are,
2: unicorn
0: are digging it. That's a great. This is a great scene. I love how jazz is kind of thrown as mm-hmm. the sort of seismic force of the horns penetrating the planet. Uh, uh, Happened. So now we're on Earth yep. around uh, thirty-four twenty. And um, we get an overhead shot of the city, which
2: is badly damaged. A quick thing about the planet Earth that I, I just noticed when you when you, uh, it actually shows it rotating. Yeah, it does. Slowly. That's a pretty We're cool really effect. Really yeah. fast, though. <laughs> yeah, it's subtle. I, yeah, uh, it has to rotate fast for the animation; otherwise, you would never notice. Right. It. See, yeah, I'll be darned,
1: and that's painted too. That's, that's pretty not cool. like a. That's pretty cool I right think now. this shot at a thirty-four twenty-one of Autobot City. I'm pretty sure, like they just did an overlay on top of it over the damage.
2: Yeah, this is the same shot when they were when they showed like uh, Shockwave made his brief entry and exit into <laughs> mm-hmm. the battle. You're right. so. What you're saying is, this is a painted background,
0: and then another cell that's been overlaid yes. on top yeah. of it and painted. They put battle damage on it. It's a cell of damage. That makes sense. Damage. I believe it. The uh, I, I think, pay attention when we get into our next minute, because I think that they, you're going to use this exact okay. same shot again. Uh, uh, so
1: take a mental note, if you will. Real, so if, oh, oh, go go ahead. ahead. I was going to say, real quick here, you can go ahead at 3425. Just watch Daniel. He's like, yeah, lift it up, fuck it up. <laughs> little prick. <laughs> We've got Springer and
0: RC uh, putting a post up, I mm-hmm. guess, a column, a support beam is important, and Daniel, as his, as his, he's just doing nothing. Yeah, well, he's just waving it like,
1: yeah, lift it up, lift it up. He'll fuck it, like, I'm helping, like an asshole. <clears throat>
0: he's a piece of shit. So, oh, sorry, I need to go back in time, I had a point that I missed. This part of the overhead city reminds me of the game video game
1: Rampage whenever oh. you would climb a building and smash
0: Windows. Yeah, no, like, I, I the l- battle love game reminds me of is that. It's fun
1: for like I think I played that a lot as a kid but like now when I play it it's like fun for about 10 minutes and then I'm like, "Oh, it's just all this." I could play it for hours. <laughs> really? Yes. Hmm. I could play and all the levels are basically exactly the yeah, same. Yeah, they're all the same.
0: And I don't know why I found it so satisfying, but I I do play like forever. that game. All right, sorry
1: guys, I backed us up too much. Rotating Earth battle okay. rampage. For those of you who don't know, Daniel uh, Ra- rampage is basically you pick a monster and you just destroy cities and eat people. I like.
2: I have to say quickly, I like how like there's there's you know there's there's damage everywhere in Autobot <laughs> City, and uh, Springer and RC are like lifting this column, and I'm just imagining them getting that column picked up and being like. Okay. Bitch. <laughs> <Break> time. <laughs>
0: Pull you out an Astro cigarette. So that's done. You got a long way yeah, to go. Yeah, this is co- like conservatively for the
1: seven Autobots that are here or whatever. This will take, I don't know, eleven years? Why this even is a bother? fool's errand. Yeah, yeah. This like you gotta just forget this, go
0: rebuild somewhere else. Which the insurance also, company is not gonna pay no, this out. No. Which <laughs> is
1: also why, like, Ultra Magnus is like, we have to rebuild Autobot City as opposed to going after the Decepticons when they were, like, on the run. I'm like, this was bad planning. You're not going to go after them for 25 years. years. I'm losing faith in the Autobots the
2: more (laughs) I see this movie. Well, don't lose faith in
0: one of my favorite characters, Blaster. We've got Blaster and and Jazz Jazz again for the first time. So while Springer and RC are doing whatever they're doing and Daniel's quote-unquote helping... We, Blaster gets a kind of weak transmission as he's carrying a diode or spark plug or whatever that is. So it's jazz, roger me, Wilco me, any, anything, hello, hello, earth. Blaster puts down the diode. Um, Blaster calls the signal faint, but it really isn't. <laughs> it makes, pretty seems clear. pretty clear. <laughs> but the, maybe uh, perhaps the producers could have put some fake radio distortion or something. Maybe, I don't know. That's all you needed. Just you. <laughs> yeah. uh, what's his name? Motormouth Jonesing it. <laughs> Michael Winslow. Thank you. Yes, I couldn't remember his name. Uh, so the Autobots, Springer RC, Ultramagnus, and Daniel, they listen to the, quote, faint signal. And essentially, Jazz is letting everybody know that a giant planet has shown up on the scene. It's attacking Moonbase 1. The camera... Zooms in on Ultra Magnus, which I feel for him. He's been leader for a day and a
1: half, and now he's got Shit this to deal with. He's gone <laughs> south. God <laughs> damn it. You know, just a, just a quick, quick sidebar. I just oh, thought of uh, Michael Winslow. I re watched Police Academy a little while back. Oh no, Ooh, boy. Yeah. It does not hold up. No, it's no. just all felonies. <laughs> <laughs> it's like watch. It's like rewatching Porky's oh, or yeah. any a, any eighties comedies. Like, oh, this is just sexual assault. Okay, and, and it's like, like real racist and homophobic. Yeah, yeah. it's bad. <laughs> so it's basically eighties frat boy humor. Yes, <laughs> and I remember as a kid thinking it was so cool and awesome. And I'm like, oh, these guys are monsters. <laughs> they are.
2: They're horrible people.
1: Well, and if you think about, okay, that's the culture of that
0: time. But mm. everything that's happening today. It's kind of rooted in that. that culture. Everybody that's like, it's
1: basically old men that were sort of of that... Yeah, and the writers were like, this is really funny. Look, John Belushi's peeping into a window watching women (laughs) undress. And And
2: and his hard-on makes him fall back (laughs) from the
1: ladder. (laughs) And it's like, oh, this is what people thought was acceptable humor because this was what was happening in the world. Right, right, right.
2: Well, um, so, okay. Ultra Magnus has got a lot to deal with uh, right up front.
0: He does. And so uh, uh, that's at the 45-minute mark, you've got his concerned look on his face. So we're going to shift back. <clears throat> Unicron is uh, eating moon Moonbase One. He is shoving that quarter pounder <laughs> right into his fang danus. <laughs> his fangus. His fangus. <laughs> yes. Jinx <laughs> <Ching>, personal. <laughs> it's uh so he's making short work of that moon base. And that's I love these eating planet sequences. Mm-hmm. They're so cool. Yeah, and this shot right here at bad. around 3450, Jazz and Cliff Jumper running away, just the detail on the background. Yeah, that, it's another one of those everything's animated, lots of debris all that kind of stuff. They're running to a ship and uh, trying to uh, get out of Dodge and they uh that's really about where the minute ends right
1: yep there's a right as um it's convenient that ship was parked there
0: yeah i do have a voice actor (laughs) oh okay go ahead it's actually (laughs) it's actually just a a revisit of uh casey casem i just wanted to bring him back real quick since he showed back up here one of our favorites um definitely uh i don't know which of you guys it wasn't me which of you guys is the one that enslaved him
1: Oh, with the incantation? I, I'm uh that was me. Yeah. Yeah so I didn't even know you knew how to do that. I, I mean you don't know everything about me. Uh yeah. Been I've, friends I've, for I've 30 been thirty years. I've been into the dark arts for a while. I made a sigil and uh yeah, I painted a pentagram on the floor in blood. <laughs> and um it was not easy and he is uh unhappy. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean D- can you talk to him anytime you want? Ah, uh, man, it's a real bummer. Like he is just so whiny. <laughs> okay, well about being p- his permanent spirit enslaved for all eternity. Well, Casey, I'm sorry. We, we like having you around. You perform a function, and you're <laughs> great at. Yeah, it. I love the idea that I've enslaved him just to be meh. Once in a while, do a 30 second oh. bit. <laughs> The reason I brought him up is just because he showed back up, and we discussed
0: his uh, Lebanese—or I'm sorry, Lebanese—not Libyan origins, mm-hmm. his storied radio career, voiceover career, controversial departure from the show. I have a little bit of Casey Kasem trivia for you. Okay, bring it on. Uh, he was a devout vegan, and this is interesting. He, True. He quit voicing Shaggy in the late oh. '90s because he was asked to voice him in a Burger King commercial. And ah. he wouldn't do it, so he quit. And he returned to the voice in 2002, but he negotiated to have the character of Shaggy become a vegetarian. Wow! So from that point
2: forward, I did not know that <laughs> Shaggy became a vegetarian. I didn't I mean, I, you probably weren't up on your Scooby Doo of the early 2000s. Yeah, I think then. I would just watch.
1: I, the only ones I've seen were from the, like the 60s. <laughs> right.
0: Uh, he was a political liberal. He narrated the, a campaign ad for George McGovern's presidency and hosted fundraisers for Jesse Jackson's campaigns huh. in 84 and, we know how well those and 88. And speaking of failed uh, liberal candidates, <laughs> he also supported Ralph Nader in 2000 and Kucinich in 2004 and 2008.
1: Man, he perpetually backs the wrong pony. <laughs> he backs the right pony. That's Unfortunately, tr- it's right. the losing pony. Right. right. So he's, he's backing his conscience. But, yeah. Uh, well, just which, which never... we wish more people would do. Sure. Absolutely. I yeah. mean... Not then, gonna then we'd be have
0: President Bernie Sanders right now, oh God, and we would be living so in that amazing. utopia. You, you, go ahead oh, and I, I just it. I was just gonna say uh, I think we posted it maybe on Twitter. I don't know if we posted it to our website, and we could we can <laughs> always
2: <laughs> we can always repost it. I
0: just love oh, the Casey God. Kasem meltdown.
3: The countdown will begin this Sunday, Sunday afternoon <laughs> at one <laughs> right here yeah. on the radio yeah. station yeah. you grew up with, Music Radio 138. Oh fuck! What the <laughs> hell's going on here? Okay, oh, well, isn't it the last hour? We got another hour to do. Geez, I thought we are almost finished. Good. Golly, Miss Molly. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous. Fucking ponderous. Hi, this is Casey Kasem. American Top 40 has moved to a new time. I hope you'll join me this Saturday morning and every Saturday morning at 2. 2. We're up to our long-distance dedication. And this one is about kids and pets and a situation that we can all understand, whether we have kids or pets or neither. It's from a man in Cincinnati, Ohio, and here's what he writes. Dear casey this may seem to be a strange dedication request but i'm quite sincere and it'll need a lot if you play it recently there was a death in our family he was a little dog named snuggles but he was most certainly a part of let's go start again i'm coming out of the record play the record okay? please See, when you come out of those up-tempo goddamn numbers, man, it's impossible to make those transitions, and then you got to go into somebody dying. You know, they do this to me all the time. I don't know what the hell they do it for, but goddamn it, if we can't come out of a slow record. I don't understand it. Is Don on the phone? Okay, I want a goddamn concerted effort to come out of a record that isn't a fucking up-tempo record every time I do a goddamn death dedication. Now, make it, and I also want to know what happened to the pictures I was supposed to see this week. This is a god last goddamn time. I want somebody to use his fucking brain to not come out of a goddamn record that is uh, that that's up tempo, and I gotta talk about a fucking dog dying.
0: Unlike some of the, I love uh, celebrity sort of unhinged mm-hmm. <laughs> moments, but unlike some of the ones you see, like he's. I feel like he probably has legitimate gripes. Yes. Like, he's uh, yeah. and, being, trying to be a professional, and people yeah. aren't being a professional. And he's,
2: he's really aware. I mean, I think it would be hard for me to, re- to like, pay attention to what I'm reading, mm-hmm. as much dialogue as he's saying. Because, like, when he says, uh, this, mo- the Saturday morning at 2. 2? Mm-hmm. 2! <laughs> <laughs>
1: I always thought it was on Sunday.
2: <laughs> Alright, we'll have to definitely post that again.
0: Sorry, I just wanna do my, my personal favorite real quick radio spot. I think he's drunk maybe.
1: Okay. Uh Barry White. Uh
4: Hi, this is Barry White. Please join me on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, May eighth, 9th, and tenth. For the first for the first fucking thing. I'm cutting a fucking spot, Tony. Jeez this is Barry White and Paul Quinn College cordially invite you to a weekend in Texas on Friday, Saturday, one more time, Saturday and Sunday, shit, hi, this is Barry White and Paul Quinn College cordially invites you to a weekend in Texas on Friday, Saturday and Sunday, May 8th, 9th and 10th, As the shit. Hi, this is Barry White, and Paul Quinn College cordially invites you to a weekend in Waco, Texas. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, May 8th, 9th, and 10th. This gala weekend will include the welcoming of celebrities' reception on Friday, the first, second, and third rounds of tennis tournament. The first, second, and third rounds of- Hi, this is Barry White, and Paul Quinn College cordially invites you to a weekend in Waco, Texas welcoming celebrities some reception on friday let's take it after the eighth ninth and tenth okay do it over fuck it hi this is barry white and paul quinn college cordially invites you to a beautiful weekend in waco texas on friday this asshole fuck these words up man i mean he's got words that he don't even need hi this is barry white and paul quinn college cordially invites you to a beautiful weekend in waco texas Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, May 8th, 9th, and 10th. This gala weekend will include the welcoming celebrity reception on Friday, the first, second, and third rounds of the tennis tournament, the Barry White concert with the Love Unlimited Orchestra, of course, and the post-concert reception on Saturday and a championship semi-finals. Fuck this shit, man. I'm going to lay cut this shit off. All right, fuck this. I'm going to take it up to... uh, Uncertain Love Unlimited Orchestra, and that's where I'm going to stop at. So get your tickets now. Hi, this is Barry White and Paul Quinn College in court, cordially, city and cordially, shit, cordially invites your ass to come on down. Hi, this is Barry White and Paul Quinn College cordially invites you to a beautiful weekend on Friday, Saturday. Ain't this a bitch? Oh, Lord.
0: I... <laughs> Very like white is just too drunk to read. I think.
1: There's also uh, speaking. Of, I mean, of the Transformers and stuff. There are uh, Orson Welles outtakes of like oh. falling or whatever. I think that's oh, the it. one. I
2: I put one up of him.
1: He's he is. Oh boy, it's sad. Yeah, it's not. It's not a fun time to no. watch. It. And
2: it's weird to watch. You know, watch the other actors with him. They're they're holding their part. They're like, mm-hmm.
1: And they're sitting the probably. And he's looking like at him. the director like, "Am I going now?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> Two. <laughs> <laughs> two. Um, I, that's so good. He's so good.
0: I didn't even pick that up until you guys were talking yeah. about it. I thought, like, I didn't, I couldn't tell why he was freaking out. <laughs> like, I'm a dummy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's uh, that's uh, Casey Kasem. We we love you. Thank you for RP. Thank you for the work you
1: do on the show. It's, yes. Um, I did have a little bit. I went down kind of a rabbit hole about the moon moons of Cybertron because okay. uh, they don't show up in season one or two. <laughs> Um, they only are introduced in the movie. Although, in one of the episodes, in episode thirty-four, Microbots Megatron, um, while drunk on energon, overcharged, quote unquote. Uh. Um, all the Decepticons get fucked up on energon. In yeah, that
2: that's one. I of remember like. Yeah, I still remember that one. It was really <laughs> strange.
1: Um, Megatron is like refers to Cybertron wistfully as uh, Cybertron, the land of the metal moon. <laughs> And then passes out. (laughs) I need to watch that episode. It is crazy. It's one of those real high concept ones where Perceptor shrinks them down and they go inside Megatron. Mm -hmm. And uh, there is, I'll show. High concept. Uh pictured it. I wanted to work that in. I got uh, like they they literally ride. What is it? An evil. Uh, evil brain impulse uh, from his, like, chest down into the, his core, which he has uh, gotten a battery from their downed ship, and that's why he's so powerful in it. But the, the picture is, like, I'll put this up, but that's what it looks like. They're riding his evil brain impulse. <laughs> it's like a little devil sperm, just... Yeah, yeah, it looks like a, like a ride at a carnival. <laughs> Spook House. And that's
0: the only mention of moons prior to the movie, huh? As yeah, and as we know.
1: it's crazy because that episode, I went on a whole thing with that episode, but it, uh, the writer who was, um, who was it, uh, David, I think, um, David Wise. Yeah, he cannibalized this for a He-Man episode called Day of the Machines, and then almost word for word redid it for a Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder and Splintered episode. And then there was another He-Man episode called... Day of the ma- or um, uh, day of the machines, yeah, or a tra- another Transformers episode called Day of the Machines, which kind of borrowed from this, and it's one like there's one so cr- borrowed
0: the concept of shrinking
1: people just, and like and some of the themes from it, like uh, Crimzeek, I think it's in one of, is it's one of the ones with Crimzeek's in, and man, it was just like wow, I I mean the schedules, well the writers probably had to crank out a ton in the eighties, so it's like. It's like you just had a spinning wheel of concepts, and mm-hmm. you'd be like, spin the wheel, okay, shrink ray, spin it again. Uh, metaphor for love. Those really <laughs> literally do exist, where it's like um, uh, when you're having trouble writing, there are wheels, I forget who came up with them, of like what to do next in your story.
0: Guys, we're staying on time. You know what it's time for? Mm-hmm. Yes. Whip deviations. <laughs> Uh, okay. As, uh, as I tend to do, I will go first um, and get mine out of the way. Uh, the script that I have says that after, as he consumes the moon base, that bit by bit we see new sections of the planet being generated. So the script is insinuating that we would actually see Unicron grow with each meal, which mm. is kind of a cool concept, actually. Um, but as he's attacking the moon base, it also refers to the sinister mist that we saw back to the beginning. Mm. begins to pour out of him as he approaches the the moon base. Excuse me. Um, Jazz starts transmitting, which is pretty much the same, and the script transitions us to Earth and tells us that Autobot City is almost rebuilt. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> they had, oh, I'm sure, <laughs> a crack
1: team thousands oh, of <laughs> workers. <laughs> like, maybe
0: if they somehow kidnapped the Constructicons and I enslaved mean, them. I mean, how long did it take to rebuild the 9-11 site? <laughs> I mean, Five years. So that's, yeah, that's obviously ludicrous from a lot of levels. First, because what we see on screen is the exact opposite. audacity mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. hopelessly smashed, not a fixer-upper, leave it. Also, Even if it was, a day has passed. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't care if they had six sets of Constructicons.
1: That's true. Like, there's
0: no way they could fix that whole goddamn city. That's hilarious. But Unigron's energy field, also, they speak of it dissolving the moon landscape. And Mm so, lots of talk about
1: that dissolving action that we never actually saw Hmm. on screen. Well, for mine, uh, this one is a long one. So, everybody hunker down... Take your dicks out. Take your pussies out. Let's not get not ri- in get, this get, get yourself a drink and let's listen to this fucking shit. Consensually do the things that yes, Ryan just thank said. You, thank you. <laughs> I assumed they were alone. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so. Just to catch up a little bit, the previous one, uh, we were on Cybertron in the Hall of Heroes. Galvatron had just uh, killed uh, Starscream, and um, they we left off with him saying, Prepare an offering of energy for ingester. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. So... Um, on Scourge and the sweeps, they quickly haul Energon cubes out to the center of the hall and Ooh. stack them up. Yeah. As Cyclonus and his minions also bring in Energon cubes from adjacent storehouses, making a large pile. And then Bonecrusher says, That's all the Energon left on Cybertron, which I guess was all in one place. Um, Dirge thrusts an Astrotrain. Uh, they push forward and they seem really hesitant about it. And Astrotrain says, We'll have no energy left for ourselves. Galvatron shoves Dirge and Thrust aside to let more Energon cubes pass. All the energy to Ingester! Galvatron reacts as a cold ray suddenly pierces the sky and bathes the stack of Energon cubes in its light. There's a ghostly voice of Ingester greedily. Energy.
4: Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Parenthesis, Noises of devouring. <sniffs> <laughs> Doesn't he get energy from eating planets? Hey. Yes, that's coming up. Okay. But also energon cubes, I guess. (laughs) Um, On the energon cube pile, they shimmer and dissolve and are sucked into the cold ray and move up and off into that ray into space, traveling at great speed. Bone Crusher, it's sucking up the energon cubes. And then Dirge, in a voiceover, like soda oil through a straw. (laughs) Stop that. Stop doing that. That's a definite Friedman God, line right God, there. God, that,
2: that script is so bananas. Soda it, never, oil. it never fails to surprise oh, me. Oh, man.
1: Uh, we move along the ray down to Cybertron from a great distance, moving up very fast, following the energy stream, accompanied by sucking soda straw noises. Oh, <laughs> no! Like like you're at the end of the soda? Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I think he was just thirsty when he wrote this. Um, and then we, as the energy, the cold <laughs> ray ends on Unicron, where energy flows down into Unicron through a cold ray straw and instantly changes color of the slab planet, causing the entire planet to start rotating more rapidly on its axis, a light source infusing its surface as Unicron expands, like in yours, mm-hmm. if it gets bigger, okay. uh, a great sigh and starts moving out of orbit toward the camera. Ah. <laughs> that's good soda. <laughs> Uh, filling the screen as it moves with great speed. And then we're back in the Hall of Heroes, they look up in the sky at a cold ray that just sucked up all the energon cubes dry. Astrotrain says, look, up in the sky! And Dirge Scrapper, et al., what is it? It's a whole planet! It's coming to us in that beam of light! And, uh, the glowing speck hurtles closer, closer, closer... Uh, and Unicron comes to a stop in the sky close to Cybertron, looming enormously close. Like some giant moon threatening to crush the planet uh, which has attracted it, still tethered to Cybertron by the cold ray. The, The Decepticons are shocked. Um, and then we go to the munitions factory on Cybertron, with uh, the moon of Cybertron, with Jazz and Cliffjumper. They react, looking off at Unicron, which looms even larger to them, since the moon is nearer to it than Cybertron. A strange thanks for the explanation of mm. foreshortening. Script. Mm, that's right. <laughs> What's that humongous planet doing here? That was bad Jazz. I can't get the cast carothers. I got it. Um, and then Cliffjumper says, "It's destabilizing our gravity." You got to do Casey Kasem as Cliffjumper. It's destabilizing our right. <laughs> gravity. <laughs> And then Jazz says, talk to me, Earth, we got a situation. See, I got it back. Um, Then it's very similar in Autobot City, which again in this script says is almost rebuilt Mm -hmm. um, and re-fortified. And then uh, the same kind of thing where uh, Jazz talks to Blaster. Um, And we even have in this script, Springer and RC are working to fit a whole section into place as Daniel is motioning them to move it a little this way. (laughs) They kept it in the movie. (laughs) He's just a little foreman. Yeah. I, I,
2: yeah. I'm not surprised if they look at
1: him and just drop that column Well, on that's, that's what we white males are good at. We're foremen. We're overseers. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Officer, officer, overseer. Sorry. Shout out to KRS-One. Yeah. Uh, Blaster says, and he, Blaster always rhymes in this script. He says, something's coming down the pike that I shall play upon my mic. Whoa. So... I feel like at one point he did that, didn't he? Did he not? Was
0: was he not a rhymer in the early episodes? I don't remember. I, but I don't recall that. I'll do some research. I feel like at one point he he did rhyme. That was a gimmick. But
1: I think they dropped it.
0: I don't know. Anyway.
1: Yeah. It's been, and then basically we have the same thing where he, he relays the message. Um, Springer runs off and says, I have to go tell Ultra Magnus, which again, this is a good. Edit here because it's like they do in the movie. We're just just have Ultra Magnus there hearing the message, and then we're back in the uh, Cybertron in the Hall of Heroes, and Scourge says, "What's happening, Mighty Galvatron?" And Galvatron says, "Ah, I, I, I don't know." And then. Um, <laughs> Dirge points up, look, the third moon. and third. It, Yeah. Okay. Uh, and the moon is beginning to pull away from an orbit ring and slowly move toward Unicron. A dark spot appears in Unicron and spot appears, well, that's a typo, to open into gaping dark hole, which changes outline and shows lines of moisture like saliva as salivating sounds of slurping and sucking. Oh, I think he has an ASMR thing. Slurping and sucking. And then Dirge says, that planet is trying to devour it. Uh, and uh, more intensely, the cold ray suddenly extends to that moon, drawing the moon toward it faster and faster. Um, and that's the one that I guess, I guess they're saying that that's the one that Jazz and Cliff Jumper are on. Because uh, then it, it, the, it cuts to Jazz and Cliff Jumper, where there are, there are quakes, tremors, and cyclonic winds. Um, the structures start to uh, collapse, and then Jazz and Jumper get to an escape vehicle as Unicron looms larger, larger, larger. It's Maw working closer and Slurping closer. Slurping and that's right. Salivating. And Jazz says, the same thing. This, this survived all the way through. Got to blast free, if we can. And that's where that minute ends. So, oh my god, this... There's
0: no way they could have made this movie for no! every for every minute of movie that actually is produced. There's ten minutes of movie in your script. <laughs> yeah, it was. It would have been <laughs> so long.
2: I guess that's a good strategy for writing it. You overwrite it and have it get. And then you down. edit, yeah.
1: And that's the thing is like that again. This is a first draft. So whenever you were writing a first draft, it's never meant to be what it is. It's just you write and write and write, and then you cut sure. and fix later. Um, so we're being you. a little still hard on it. Ron. It's, it's, still yeah, love
2: it. We're being hard on it, but. We're being hard on it because it's so good. It, cause it's it's so good. Just because we're jealous. It's just hate. I, I'm not <laughs> jealous. I just like making fun of things. It's,
0: it's, <laughs> well, it's it's like we said, it's bananas. Yes. Yeah. But it's also amazing. Well,
1: yeah, I, I love it. It's so fucking crazy. You guys want to talk? All right. So, okay. We can, we
2: can. I'm the ghost of the iconic
1: movement. <laughs> you know.
0: Sure. All right. So, <laughs> for me, it's that bright light overpowering our image of Jazz and Cliff jumper it's like forget about the space wizards we didn't care about those people these were people we actually care about mm-hmm. it's upon them the danger is real so that's that's it for me just and also that image there's the great shadow play of the light coming across them and it's a very subtle animation work how they go from normal and then the light comes on and they sort of add the shadows and layer the mm-hmm. shadows
1: on it looks really great Um, I think mine would be, um, I, when Unicron, like, that part where he sinks his fangs into Moonbase Mm -hmm. 1 and all the rubble falls and Jazz and Cliffjumper fall down, I, that part where it's, yeah, I like that a lot.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll go again with the, 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 fly, the Unicron flyby. Yeah, that's nah, good. I, that's, 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 an easy, good. that's an easy out, but it's a good out. That's not, not easy. Out. That's good. Yeah. Okay, yay. <laughs> Caleb, you're a contributor.
1: Oh, thank you. you content creator. I have one last point before we um, close out. Okay. Um, just uh, on the issue of where the fuck is Cybertron. Um, in the first issue of the comic, Cybertron is described as the size of Saturn, Huge. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's huge. Yeah, it changes enor- many times. It's enormous. Um, uh, because and Earth like, is the size of one of the globes on screen, Yeah, on And in the movie, mm-hmm. it seems like Cybertron is about the size of Earth's moon. Um, a Cybertron originally orbited Alpha Centauri, uh, which is 4.37 light years away, um, and was shaken out of its orbit and sent toward Earth by the Great War. Okay.
0: Okay. That's I kind of remember that plot comic. Funny. Okay, all right. Thanks for that, Ryan. Yep. Next episode, Jazz and Cliff Jumper, Autobot appetizers? Maybe. Spike and Bumblebee? Transformer tapas? <laughs> oh, boy. Tune in and find out. iTunes, Stitcher, <laughs> Google Play, and tune in. Follow us on our social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all of them, at DeCast, And visit our web presence at autopoddecepticast.com. iTunes users...
2: Rate, and, sub, (laughs) scroll.
1: Five stars, please. It really helps us. All right, thanks, everybody. Bye.
2: Bye. Bye. Yeah, I can't it's imagine. real fucked up. <laughs> I can't imagine it. <laughs> Caleb, you had a story. Oh, uh, so it has nothing to do with anything other than it's, it's a kind of a funny story. But Okay. Uh, a, a crazy story. Um, so uh, there's this um, outside sales rep guy. He is uh, at, at my work, and um, he's he's like an old school salesman. Like, he... he he travels a lot in his territory. He does more face-to-face that still sales exists. calls. Yes. Wow. He, he does more face-to-face sales calls than anybody else like in my company. Like he doesn't have to do it, but he's he's that's his style. That's his style mm-hmm. and he's
1: really good at it. Uh, they so call- a lot of taking people out to like strip clubs and steak dinners and there's bars involved mm-hmm. usually. All right. Uh-huh. And God, so um, So fun.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He loves doing it, and uh, so uh, his territory happens to be like um, uh, Kentucky and Tennessee, so he knows everything about all the bourbons and stuff and like that, and so so he, uh, I was told a story by my supervisor who's worked with him, the other guy, the sales guy, for a while, and uh, says that, you know, he's like, yeah, he's a a character, and I know he is. I've never met him in person, but I deal with him on the phone, and he's Mm like a, He's a Southerner hardcore. Like, he's just like... I'm
1: just a simple Southern salesman. Yes. That's exactly... I
2: mean, that's that's how you... He's really good at his job, but that's how he comes across.
1: He like, sounds like a, a, a character from a play. Yeah.
2: So he's... low um, Lomax. Like a Neil, yeah, Neil Simon player But something. not nervous. He's real laid back and uh, works hard. He's a super nice guy. But he's also just zany. Just oddball. So the story is... He was on his way to uh, sale, do a sales call with a client. And while he was... And, you know, we have our salespeople will buy, like, cookies or something. They'll bring something, hey, here's some cookies, to the client, you know. And, and it's that's actually surprisingly, like, a normal cookies. thing. Cookies. So he brings cookies. <laughs> Sex workers. <Yeah. laughs> that's so, her name. So instead of, like, um, him bringing, like, a dessert or something, he's bringing... I don't... He's bringing the client... Chicken salad. So he, <laughs> stops, he stops at a place to get chicken salad. And I guess maybe they like chicken salad? I don't know. Mm-hmm. While he's there, he's like, yeah, I might as well buy a chicken salad sandwich for myself and eat it on the way. So he is driving and eating this chicken salad sandwich. And he uh, somehow gets a large piece of the chicken lodged in oh, no. his throat and is choking on it while he's driving on the interstate <laughs> to the point where he passes out behind oh, the God. wheel. And the car goes into the ditch across the oncoming interstate lane, f- flips over and rolls. Oh. And um, the process of the flipping uh, causes the <laughs> Heimlich that bleeds oh <laughs> Um And then uh, the car, uh, you know, comes to a halt. And. Um, the next thing he remembers is there's a volunteer fireman like in the car, reaching like 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 checking on him, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he comes to and goes, "Hey, what are you doing here?" <laughs> <laughs> I say, "I, say, I say, what are you doing here, son?"
1: Hey, boy. <laughs> Did the sandwich survive the crash? <laughs> I doubt it. Did the salad survive the crash? <laughs> Good question. It was tossed. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, so that anyway. is wow. I mean, was he okay? Yeah. Yeah. He went to the hospital for a little checkup, sure I assume, but I no guess. broken I bones, no That's, organs, nope. displaced. Nope.
2: But passed out. Driving. He, he, he That's incredible.
1: That is my fear of being alone and swallowing something and choking. Because I tend to not chew, like, especially steak enough. And there have been times where I've swallowed it and it's like, oh no, it's halfway down, it won't go. And then so, like, thankfully it always, like, I... Now careful to cut into smaller pieces, but I am always well, afraid of choking to death alone. Think about
2: this: if he had pulled, if he had been responsible and pulled, and pulled over, <laughs> he probably would have died. But no, by... Yeah.
1: <laughs> so that was another story. This is not so a... just stay the course, everybody. Yes.
2: <laughs> um, the other one was uh, really uh, not as interesting, but. Uh, he, uh, so the, my other boss told me the story it was in a car with the owner of the company one time and this sales guy was driving in front of him they were driving somewhere and um, you know and I guess that the sales guy had a, a was reading the newspaper while driving like had <laughs> on shit him, on the, and like, you could visibly see him reading the paper from the car he's behind he's got a pipe him. hanging
1: out one side <laughs> of his mouth <laughs> Right, right. I've seen people, like, reading books like this while they're driving, and that seems perfectly safe. Like, ugh, that's crazy. Or, like, watching TV or, like... Well, there's... Uh, why read a book in the car? It's called audiobooks, for Christ's sake. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, no, like, it's because that doesn't give them the thrill of it being terribly dangerous. <laughs> Which brings
0: us to our new sponsor, Audible.com. <laughs> that oh, awesome, You know,
1: I'm reading uh,
0: uh, Pinchon's Gravity Falls on Audible. <laughs> <Gravity's>, <laughs> How many weeks <laughs> Gravity's rainbow, God, idiot. <laughs> Uh, you guys want to get going? <laughs> yeah, we better. Mm. All right.
2: Hey, we got something. It would something. be so awesome if we were
1: sponsored by Audible, though. Well, we do
0: have
2: great. a sponsor. We have a oh, sponsor. True, we do. Uh, we my do. son has this company called Bro Cells, and he he offered to me last night. He wanted to know if he could be a sponsor for the show. He has $6. I will take it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take $2. <laughs> so... Um, <coughs> Yeah, pretty soon we'll be like this episode brought to you by Bro Cells. All right. That's gonna be fun for everybody to try and figure out what that means. (laughs) Not even not even
0: my son
1: knows what it means. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Okay, here we go.